Hi, welcome to Fairbank and Friends. I'm your host, Michelle Fairbank. I'm just going to start by acknowledging I'm a little bit nervous right now, and I'm here with my first guest, Nick Merzetti. He is a photographer, psychonaut, and consciousness explorer, and I met him through his girlfriend, uh, I think over a year ago. Um, so I met her in an Uber pool and we connected on Instagram and then she was looking for a tennis racket to borrow and I happened to have one. And uh, so I said, sure, I'll bring it over and uh, ended up going for a walk with her for about three hours and talking about our lives and then uh, met Nick in the process. And we started hanging out more past last summer, I think. Yeah. And uh, he's someone who's kind enough to let me indulge in my many discussions on neuroscience and meditation and uh, go on adventures in the woods together. Um, very talented photographer and artist um, who's taught me a lot uh, in the process. And I'm so grateful to have him as a friend and have him joining me here today. Uh, thank you, Michelle. Yeah. Yes. You, you left out the part where shoot your gun all the time. Okay, I was totally going to add that. <laughs> I got an airsoft gun and Nick happens to be a great marksman. So we had some really fun times uh, with target practice down by his photography studio. Yeah, good times. Um, so the first question is, how are you feeling right now? Good, nervous. Oh, I too am nervous. <laughs> I've never been on a podcast before. Me neither. Yeah, it's like regular talking, but worse. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Uh, yeah, well, two nervous people equal a fully functional person. So I think we're good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the next question is, what is one of your simple pleasures? Simple pleasures? Hummus. Mm. Like, any, any particular type of hummus? hummus. Okay. Uh, simple pleasures. Yeah, I think just watching movies. Yeah. Yeah. Any, any good movies you've seen recently? Uh, I saw a French body horror movie the other day. It was amazing. <laughs> it's called Titan. It's crazy. Don't watch it though. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <N> noted. <laughs> uh, I like movies because you can, I can watch it guilt free because I get inspired when I watch movies. Okay. Like, so I can like be completely like indulge myself, but also like know I'll probably right. Get You're like get something out of it. This is kind of work. Yeah. Nice. So I tell myself that's hey. You know what? part of life whatever works so did you get any inspiration from this movie that you saw mm. <laughs> that you'd like to share uh no no all right okay next question uh what is something that you are curious about i am most curious about uh how to make my like how to I'm trying to work on my brain. So I'm very curious about how other people manage to like find the energy to, you know, meet other people and give off the right energies to attract the right energies. I'm curious about like neuroscience mm. and stuff and how to make my brain better. Yeah. I find it fascinating and it's like kind of all consuming, but I don't know if I'm learn. I don't know if I'm getting better at it. That's mm -hmm. I'm curious about how to actually, I think I have to put in more effort. I don't know. Can I ask you, are you getting enough sleep? <laughs> Do I look like I'm not getting enough sleep? <laughs> well, it's the, it's one thing that a lot of people uh, neglect first, and it's where so many re reparation processes happen in. So short-term memory is converted into long-term memory. Our body's flushing out toxins. 
Um, so I've found in my own life where I had a solid 10 plus years of sleep deprivation, uh, I was a deeply dysfunctional human being. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm really prioritizing sleep now, uh, partially after listening to the Huberman lab podcast, which I'll probably mention a million times cause I love it. Um, yeah. And just talking about emotion regulation and all of the things that happen with quality sleep but you look very well slept <laughs> and great. I feel, no, I feel like I am getting sleep recently. I took, okay. took like a, a good week off to like try to get back at baseline, but for some reason I think it's making me less regulated. Okay. So maybe breath work. Yeah. Like I said, we would do. Yeah, we will actually forgot, do it. We forgot to do it. Oh, that explains we will. everything. November, November. <laughs> I already talked to Shane about it. It's going to happen. Yeah. I, I, feel like I'm becoming more dysregulated, unregulated mm. lately. I don't know why. Okay. Yeah. I feel, I feel like I'm the most able to approach people and not worry about their responses or act weird when I'm coming off like successful photo shoots. Mm. So maybe it's because I haven't had a shoot in the last week. So I have not coming off anything. I'm just left to my own brain. Right. Yeah. I don't know. But it's been a little weird the last week. I don't want this to be a sad, bo sad no, podcast. No, I think it's no. I think that's a really cool thing to be curious <laughs> yeah. about. I mean, and you're tapping into things that I have a lot of clients who um, talk about that, and that's something I'm also curious about. Is like, how do you meet people? How do you give off the right energy? How do you, um, yeah, get yourself in a space where you're calling in the right people for you? Um, and I think especially with COVID and. Um, I know things are opening up, but there's still, um, friends used this term the other day, ambient stress around. Mm -hmm. And so I've noticed it's hard, at least for me too, to engage with people because I don't know where other people's stresses are. So I might feel comfortable walking up to someone at the grocery store, but I'm aware that they might not be comfortable. Yeah. So then I get uncomfortable theorizing about their comfort levels. And then I just don't do it because yeah, that sounds stressful. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> yeah. So I think it's always good to be curious about your brain and things. Yeah. And that's why I do a lot of like, not a lot, but that's why I do hallucinogens too, like LSD and stuff to try to like get in there deeper. Mm. The biggest breakthroughs I've had with myself personally mm -hmm. are through LSD. Yeah. My parents don't believe me. <laughs> they, think, they, they, they think like, yeah, that I'm maybe going down the wrong path. But I'm definitely a better person for, have, for having done it. Pro the problem is, how do you take these things that you've learned and use them when you're like trying to connect with people or like integrate? Yeah. Like, yeah. There's a whole thing there to talk about. Yeah. I think that's the tough process is looking at like um, mushrooms, for example. Um, a lot of people, it'll activate that all connectedness. So really connecting to the fact that we're all just made up of atoms and everything is the same, but different. And you have that experience and you're feeling connected to the trees or whatever it is. And then you come back or come down. And how do you go and have a conversation with people about that, about that feeling that you had or that realization or whatever it is that may be. Yeah. Especially, I think now that psychedelics are becoming more in the forefront, they're able to be researched. People are using them in therapies. Perhaps you will be able to find more people 
had similar experiences and want to relate. Stephanie can't walk up to the grocery store and be like, yo, I did some great LSD the other day and had these crazy realizations. Want to talk about it? I forget how like a lot of people still think that's like craziness. What? Like LSD and stuff. Like, yeah. Yeah. Can't just talk about it like on a podcast. Yeah. I mean, you can because <laughs> this is happening. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the beautiful thing about podcasts is there's no, you can talk about what you want. There is not a censor. I mean, maybe Spotify is going to censor. Who knows? We'll find out. <laughs> um, so next question is, what is one of your pet peeves? Hmm. Smokers. Hmm. Yeah. Smokers. Cigarette yeah. smokers? Yeah, just cigarettes. Okay. Uh, yeah. And bullies that's not a pet beef that's just like <laughs> they hate, just suck. The bullies. yeah 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 I, I got so angry yesterday i was watching something on the news while i was working out and there was like some artist or something was being interviewed and she had a necklace and it said bully i was like why would you why yeah i know <sighs> she was young she was probably like you know didn't get it but i don't know it seemed like yeah, it really bothered me. I feel like that's even worse because yeah. of now, or at least, and I need to acknowledge the fact that most of the things I surround myself with are like mental health and wellness. But I think before no one talked about bullies, you would just experience bullying. And now there's such a highlight and so many movements that it's stranger to me to hear of a young person flaunting that. But yeah, I know. Maybe I don't get it, but yeah. I also don't get that's it. That, that's that girl. Anyway. Uh, um, all right. So what is something that you are currently passionate about? Oh, that's a good question. I'm actually having, I'm trying not to be a one dimensional person, Michelle. I feel like I'm, I all like careers photography and mm -hmm. all I am is a photographer and that's okay. all I talk about. And that's all I think about. Huh. So I'm trying to become passionate about other things because that probably helped with my photography, <laughs> but like also just in general to be able to carry on conversations about other things. Yeah. My friend and I, the other night were like, let's not talk about photography. And then we just kept coming back to it. That's because that's all we think about. That's boring. Like you gotta, how that's not inspiring. Like you have to, yeah. So that, that is a question I've been asking myself a lot. What am I passionate about other than photography? Interesting. I wish you could all hear, see my, see my face right now. Cause I'm confused. Cause every time we hang out, Nick or have, I feel like we never talk about photography probably cause I don't know anything about photography. No, not at all. Actually. That's a good point. I mean, okay. Well, Depen yeah, I'm also passionate about like neuroscience and psychology and stuff. Yeah. And like adventure. Yeah. Adventure and stuff. So I guess, yes, there is that, but I'd imagine though, if you're hanging out with a photographer, it could, that's your connecting piece. Like when I hang out with other therapists, we're definitely talking about therapy and things. Yeah. Well, I mean, just in general, like I've, a lot of my friends, like they also hunt and go rock climbing mm. and, you know, they have all these like diverse interests. And so whenever I'm in a conversation with them, you can see them like, you know, drawing from all these different things, maybe in okay. really like ways you wouldn't even think like, you know, like just like, you know, you, you can connect more ways and have more like tangential thoughts, mm -hmm. the more experiences you have. And I've always been this like person that's like moved around a lot and 
and I now I've been stuck in Toronto for 13 years mm-hmm. and I'm not stuck. I like it here, but you know, and I feel like I've just only been about photography and I feel like I'm a lot of my brain is not being put to use. And so I'm trying to find these things to be passionate about. Okay. Like, do I join some sort of group sport? Sounds terrible. <laughs> Why? <laughs> you know, I know it sounds great. It should be, it should be I mean, if I'd say it depends on the sport for me. Like I grew up doing lots of individual sports. Uh, and then I had to do team sports in high school, which was great because I did JV. That's junior varsity for Canadians. It's uh, when you're not good enough to make varsity <laughs> or the good team, but you really like having fun. Um, so, uh, yeah, you can find like intramural kind of things where people are just out there to be active or swimming in Lake Ontario in the winter. I've been swimming a lot lately, actually, in our pool. Yeah? Yeah, I, you know, at the end of the lap, he's supposed to spin around, like you flip. Mm -hmm. Well, this old woman was like, you got to do it. And then the last time I did that, (laughs) though, I smashed my face and my tooth chipped off. Ow. Yeah, this one. So I don't do that anymore. I just thought it was hilarious that the woman was trying to tell me what to do, but she didn't know. (laughs) She didn't (laughs) know. (laughs) Uh, Yes. The point is... Gotta find more. Gotta find more interests. I tried taking a painting. That's mm-hmm. great. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Trying to like, <laughs> trying to, trying to get, trying to get some inspiration out of life. New experiences. Mm-hmm. Sounds like. Maybe it's just the whole, you know, pandemic travel. No Pan- travel situation. Candy vibes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. Next question. <laughs> um, ooh, what has been one transformational moment in your life? transformational moment i can think of two all right first one was when my fiance cheated on me when i was a kid okay like 20. and then i like said screw it i left the country i moved overseas for a long time then mm-hmm. i grew up okay yeah i became like a man or whatever that was transformational mm-hmm. having to like live on my own yeah so panicked at first the other time was during the pandemic I sat outside in the wind and I did LSD and I did mindfulness meditation mm-hmm. and I got to this point where like my brain unfolded and the wind blew away the dust and crustiness of an entire life of anxiety. Wow. And I've never been the same since I have been a more relaxed I remember that. person. Yeah. It, it made me a better person. Cool. Yeah. I want to just take a moment and steep in that because that sounds pretty sweet. <laughs> Seriously. I've been steeping in it ever, ever, ever since. since. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. There's potential for greatness in these things. And anything I think that can help you like become more curious about your brain. Absolutely. Yeah. One of my favorite things that you said um, about tarot, which I thoroughly enjoy. Um is you said something along the lines of, um, I don't necessarily believe in it, but it uh, promotes, uh, what was it, introspection. And I believe in that. I'm like, true. Wow. Yeah. Wise words. That is wise. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Next question is, what is something that you are afraid of? Irrelevance. Mm. Mm, Definitely. Okay. I started my career when I was 36, I'm 43 now. 
and it's like you know it's the young artists brains that usually you know control the path of what's you know current and and interesting and changing the Mm. game so to be like not in touch with you know that and also trying to be able to you know learn my art and create my art is like it weighs on me sometimes like you know you see a lot of older artists of whatever type and you like you see them still stuck in the 90s or the mm. 80s you still you can still see that like i remember one of my first photography teachers you could just see his like 1980s vibe in his current photos okay and, like that's like the nightmare for me like i, I yeah interesting i feel like that ties into what you were talking about earlier with finding something you're passionate about mm. and um i think we talked about playfulness a while back yeah um and integrating just play and that curiosity into life. Um, I think that kind of gets stamped out of us sometimes as we grow up. Um, and what I've learned in therapy in my own life is sort of re-harnessing that curious mind. How do you cultivate that? Do you have an answer? Because that would be. <laughs> um, for me, it's new experiences, which has been tough in the pandemic because I used to use like travel as my easy outlet. Um, and so that's part of why I wanted to start this project was I have my curiosity peaked through meeting new people um, in different situations, like in an Uber or on the swing set at Woodbine Beach uh, or in the grocery store um, and using those experiences to keep me curious about life. Um, Yeah, because I haven't tried a lot of new things as of late, I guess, moving a million times. Um, But it's like the million dollar question is how do you continue to pique that curiosity? I also take a lot of courses all the time. Mm-hmm. People are like, you're still in school. I'll be in school forever. Um, yeah, but I think for me, mostly it's just trying to get out there and meet new people. And You're really good at that, though, I feel like. Not- I had to be good at that. Is that what it is? Yeah, because I, I went to so many different schools. Um, so I was the new kid constantly. So what was something that I previously viewed as a struggle and all I wanted was like four best friends that grew up together and like got married and had babies and their kids were friends. And that was so not my reality. I moved around a lot as well. Um, so I had to get good at meeting new people, uh, cause I'm a huge extrovert. Um, so I needed to find ways to try and stay connected. And it's only in the last few years that I've realized how something that was kind of a struggle for me um, has become, yeah. Fun? An asset. An asset. Yeah. Wow. And I just think you can learn from anybody and everybody if you want. Sometimes That's it's, true. ooh, I don't want <laughs> yeah, to be like that. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. it's great stuff like, wow, you're amazing. And you have this incredible knowledge on this topic that I would never know about otherwise. Um, or it's, ah, I don't ever want to engage with people like that because I don't feel great right now. Um, yeah, but that openness. Um, but I recently learned that I was very shy as a child. Fun fact. Really? I didn't like meeting new people. Yeah, I can't picture that. Me neither anymore. Um, yeah, so I guess I've healed that wound, if you will. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it's always the, the old people that seem young are the curious ones. Hmm. Yeah, I get there before it's too late. How do you 
Do I just got to go out and st- do I just have to start talking to more people on the street? Maybe that's it. Yeah. Yeah. You got to look for those invites. Um, I have someone that I'm working on this with is like, so I go for walks most mornings and it's interesting doing this sort of dance of eye contact and do, do we want to engage? Do you want to say hi? Are we going to have like a little chat? Um, and just noticing what's happening in my body in these interactions. Cause there's some mornings where I'm like, I want to say hi to everybody. And then there's other mornings where I'm like, I just want to look at the ground and I don't want to talk to anyone, but then I feel rude. Um, so yeah, it's gauging what, what feels good for you. And yeah, that's, I mean, recently, just this last week, uh, I've become aware, I mean, I always knew, but just seeing how without, without talking, your energy is so apparent, mm. like not even mm-hmm. consciously to other people. And, you know, people, I mean, that's how they perceive you. And it's not even like, oh, like, you know, you know, act more open or like mm-hmm. st- have your body posture certain way. It's just this like energy of you. Mm-hmm. I don't even know what it is that, how do you like moderate that? Cause people of like energy is just like flock to it. Mm. You have to like, man, so much, everybody's such a work in progress. Totally. Ever. <laughs> if you find someone who's like, I have reached my place run because they're lying. (laughs) Um, These questions are good, Michelle. Thank you. Which one did we just ask risk you've taken? Uh, Did we do that? Or is it afraid of? No, it was was a risk. Okay, cool. Yeah. Next question. What is a dream you have for yourself? That's a good one. I think. I have a hard time with that question mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cool. because I don't know the answer to it. Mm. It seems like such a simple thing, yeah. but I don't, it's like asking, what is your five-year plan? Huh. Like, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I've always been this like fly by the seat of my pants. Mm-hmm. Parents always moving, but also like left me completely on my own. There was mm-hmm. no direction from them. Never had an idea what I wanted to do. Luck that I stumbled into photography mm-hmm. and then like, you know, just moving around the world. Went back to university when I was 33 because I had no idea what I wanted to do. Then became a photography. That's awesome. And now I'm like, now what? I have no idea. What is my dream? Mm-hmm. And it's like, if I want to be like wildly successful, you need to have a plan. Or not. You'd be really lucky. I've been lucky so far. But yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess my dream would be, um, I just want to be proud of myself. That's okay. all. I would just like to be able to like, I just want my dream is I'm on my deathbed and I'm like, good job, man. Mm. That's that would be the dream for me. That's all I want. Question that's not from the list. When have you felt um, the most powerful or empowered in the past? Mm. Whenever I'm aware that I'm when you have this like photography flow state mm-hmm. and I'm there and I recognize that then you can't fuck with me. Like I'm unfuckwithable. Like nothing can affect me. There's no anxiety. No, nothing can get with me. And I'm, I'm like, like I have, I have this pride and I can see everything and I can do such fantastic things. And those moments I feel so powerful and I know I have it in me. Yeah. Yeah. 
The other time was when the crypto did amazing. And no, I got like, I, I put in like no money and I got so much money in like one day and I walked around and nothing could phase me. It was amazing. And my photography was great too, because it didn't matter. Nothing mm -hmm. mattered, nothing mattered. And everything I did was great. Turns out when there's nothing you do has any, like, you know, it's, it's going to, like, it doesn't matter. Everything you do has no anxiety attached to it. Would you say, so the way I'm thinking about that is, okay, your crypto did well, which means you're financially stable in that moment. And therefore, when you're doing your work, it purely would be for the pleasure of it as opposed to... Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So it sounds more like when you get to engage from like a truly creative standpoint, as mm -hmm. opposed to a, I need to make money to pay my bills. Um, you're Also just like... Yeah. Not even the money, mm -hmm. financial stuff is like not that big of a deal. But I mean, it's more like client expectations okay, or right. social, uh, uh, what people think of my work. Totally. Like if, if I'm, if I know I'm going to be like completely successful, then I'm just going to shoot like whatever it is that I want to shoot is, and, and it doesn't matter what they think. Uh -huh. But if I'm reliant on people's expectations or pe what people say about my work. Right that that for some reason just is like so stressful to me and then i have to like i know they say i always shoot what you love and then people if, but it doesn't seem to work that way <laughs> like, right unfortunately i have you know maybe it does and i'm just not being ballsy enough to do that but you know what i mean well it's an interesting topic and it's something i think about a lot especially after meeting you and part of why i love studying perception and cognitive science is understanding how everyone sees things so differently just purely from like a sensory standpoint, but also through an experiential standpoint. So my experience of the painting behind me is attached to the trip that I went on to get it. Um, my family, my mom. So I'm seeing it through that lens. You're seeing it through a totally different lens, um, neither of which are right or wrong. Um, and then you go into your world where you take a photo and you may perceive it as something that's incredible, but you're also having to meet the expectations of the client and their assumptions on what you're able to do. Oftentimes people can't, and I'm just kind of making this up, but I'm assuming a lot of times people can't communicate adequately what exactly it is they want to see. They can know, I don't like that. I don't like that. I don't like that. They don't know what they want. They know what they don't want. Yeah. And then you're having to try and access what's in their mind. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of a lot to deal with. <laughs> the best is when they just say like, just do your thing. Yeah. Like do what you do. And then I know what they're asking for. Yeah. But that's rare. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. <laughs> um, I love you, Michelle. You're the best. Oh, thank you. I love you too. Next question is, what is something you want people to know about you? That I'm not stuck up. Mm. Mm -hmm. That hmm. a lot of people think I, because I, I don't talk a lot. Maybe because of anxiety. Mm -hmm. People think that I'm, you know, judgmental or that I'm an asshole, but I'm not. Uh-huh. Um, really kind person, I think. I would agree yeah. with that. And, I don't let people in enough mm. yeah, to see that. Angela, my girlfriend's always running around doing like, um, like crisis control on like my, my social interactions. <laughs> She's like, I'll just like, you know, just turn around while someone's talking to me to go shoot something because like, I'm just really focused on what I'm doing. 
or like anxious and she'll right. have to be like he didn't mean that like he's right. just like focused on something and they'll be like okay and they'll like dial back their like anger about it yeah do you think in those moments you'd be able to say um because i think that happens a lot like i've heard this from clients i've heard this from friends where they just have like their own internal experience and they get flooded or overwhelmed and instead of being like i just need a moment i'm just really in my head right now they turn around and just sort of leave that person to guess what's going on which we've all done and probably all experienced both sides of that um would you challenge yourself to say that in the moment and just be like hey sorry i'm just super focused on work or hey i'm really in my head right now that would should not be too hard to do no but it doesn't happen i think a lot of it's like sadly some sort of like people that are not if you're like a little if you're narcissistic or selfish that's what you do if you're self-absorbed mm. you know in in that way that like maybe you're worried about not in a conf, in a confident way you know if you're just like so self-absorbed in your own head you have to care more about other people and if you're caring more about other people then you're not going to do that so i think it's a matter of being more empathetic maybe. that's part of it i think if i just i had a okay i had another interesting experience mm -hmm. i didn't tell you this actually because i haven't seen you in a bit this is really interesting cool i'm ready <laughs> i let me grab my tea so i went to montreal with my girlfriend um and we had a we had a big fight it was okay it was like it was a big fight it was fine it happens all the time but um i had done i had done some lsd right after it i hate i don't do this much drugs people <laughs> i'm just like this happens usually the epiphanies though are surrounding these experiences so all that sensitivity and stuff uh, i was forced to like kind of dwell in and be absorbed in and it really affected me okay. so when i got back from montreal i was so highly sensitive and upset and worried about my girlfriend and things I may have said to her. And I had this big five model shoot, like a five model model test shoot. And it was like 10 hours of shooting. But I, and I was so like, just not focused on myself. I was so focused on her and sensitive. And these new models without any experience were in front of me. And for the first time ever, I was really fully engaged in them. Uh, I really cared about them. I found myself like really like a little worried about them. Mm -hmm. Like I could feel their nervousness and okay. their first time ever. I could wow. feel their, uh, all, all the stuff that was going through them and I cared about it. And I was like, oh, oh, oh like, you know, are you okay? Blah, blah, blah. And I talked to them as a friend, I'd sit down in front of them and really wow. like not even shoot, just spend the time connecting with them, even if it was just for a minute. Mm -hmm. And I was able to break them. <laughs> like it sounds so bad, but like I was able to start shooting them and coax them to the point and I could see it coming, mm -hmm. predict it and break them and all their nervousness would fall away. Wow. And the stuff I would pull out of them, I was like, oh my God, what is happening right now? This is amazing. These are new models. And I was able to like direct them to exactly what I wanted. And that out of new models like this fresh, like so hard to do. And I did it with all these people all day long. And it was because I was so sensitive. Human connection. Yeah. How do you get there every day? It was, it was phenomenal. You even heard this girl's mom was like watching and they started crying together. I was showing them the photos. They were like, they were crying. And it was like, this That's is like, beautiful. I was doing great work all because I cared about the people in front of me. When it sounds like you were connected to 
part of your humanity and your sensitivity and that's part of you yeah and i was less self-absorbed about my own anxiety yeah i was really just concerned about other people so uh, i it's amazing that the magic out there that's available to us if you if you mm -hmm. you know you have yourself in the right mindset yeah i thought of you when this is happening it's like well she'll be interested in this totally yeah yeah it's interesting because i feel like when um we're together you are connected to your sensitivity and there's that human connection piece and like the walls are down well that's why you're good at this because you bring that out of people yeah you just like <laughs> you're easy to care about Okay, so we are now at our final question. What is one question you want to ask me or anything you would like to talk about? I have so many questions for you. I think the one that I always wonder the most is, do you think, because I don't know anybody that, you know, researches as much and works as much on themselves as you do and, and all in the effort to understand people better. Do you, would you say you're happy? Like, do you, do you think it's worked? Like, are you able to take all the stuff that you've learned and use it on yourself? Are you happy, Michelle? <laughs> I, I am you, happy. You seem happy. I am happy. I hope so. You're lovely. Oh, thank you. I'm um, just wondering, like, cause you know so much about this. If you can't be happy, <laughs> then no one can be happy. No. Yeah. Um, I'm going to pause. Um, so I would say that I am a happy person, but that also entails me uh, accepting the moments when I'm not happy or when I'm struggling. And I would say that a lot of my research uh, can be a defense mechanism of over-intellectualizing and helping me distance myself from my emotions. Because if I can understand it and read about it, then... Uh, I'm not feeling it as much. So yeah, I would say I'm happy, but I'm also working on being more embodied and connecting more to my felt experiences. Um, yeah. And I wouldn't say it's the research that's gotten me to the happiness place. It's the having so many struggles, um, and things to overcome early in life. Um, and recognizing that uh, we don't have control over what happens to us, but we have uh, control over how we meet those experiences. Um, yeah, and getting more involved in meditation and breath work um, and regulating my nervous system so that when things do come up, like you go to U-Haul to rent a moving van that's supposed to be $100, you get a bill for $3,400 and you're like, huh, clearly someone made a mistake. And you go in calmly and you're like, hi, someone clearly made a mistake. I would like to not pay this. Um, so in mindfulness they, or in Buddhism, they call it equanimity. Um, so it's like life happens to you and you just meet it with sort of a neutral stance. You don't get you know too excited or too sad. Uh, which that's not something I'll really embody for very long because I get super excited <laughs> about a lot of things. Um, thankfully, not as sad as I used to get. Um, 
but yeah, it's taken a lot of years and teaching myself how to regulate my own emotions and surrounding myself with people that make me feel seen and safe um, and soothed and secure. Dan Siegel, shout out. Um, as myself, because uh, I spent a lot of years thinking that I needed to be something different for people to love me and accept me. Um, and I think I'm finally at a place where I have people in my life who see me for me and I know that that's okay. Yeah. That makes me happy. Well, that makes me happy. Because <laughs> I'm an empath and if you're happy, then I get to feel happy. I just, I'm, I'm worried that for all our like effort and you can do all these things like meditation and I feel like it all you you're st still battling the unhappiness like everybody like you know it's like yeah. it's so hard to stay happy well I think that's the piece that a lot of people struggle with is looking at it as like a mountain to climb and like once you get to the top you are always happy exactly exactly, exactly. yeah and that's just not reality so for me the concept of impermanence has been something i've been toying around with in my mind um and recognizing oh i'm feeling sad or distraught um particularly with my grief like i could be riding the subway and just start sobbing mm -hmm. and i know that it's going to stop um and in that moment i let that come over me knowing that i will return to happiness and excitement um but I think it's that resistance to the unhappiness because you're like, if I'm unhappy now, it means I haven't gotten to the top of the mountain when really it's just, we keep going up and down hills is more how I look at it. Um, yeah. It's like taking a meditative approach to all things. Kinda or trying. Yeah. And I'd say I'm early on in that endeavor, which is funny because I grew up around meditation my whole life because my dad's a buddhist and we didn't have a garage we had a zendo and a meditation hall um but yeah those practices and beliefs have been informing my life more now and trying to carry it with me oh, that's fascinating i love you michelle i love you too and i'm a little not embarrassed or nervous but like i'm feeling vulnerable right now but like a good way. Me too. Cool. <laughs> uh, well, Nick, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you. I appreciate you being here. I appreciate you always. And cheers to many more discussions. Maybe not necessarily recorded. Or maybe they will be. Who knows? Bye-bye. <laughs>